whenever we have those those stretches where it feels like we're fighting every day or fighting a lot, we one of us will go, we haven't like gone out in a while. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe we just need to go out or we're just go see a movie or go out to dinner or something like that. Just and just and then that's the reason. It's not we're going out to dinner because we have all these errands to run and we're gonna grab a bite. Or, you or know, this is going to be a business meeting. Or it's a business meeting, or you know, we're going out because you have a screening for a new movie coming out, and we're going to eat before. It's like it's not related to any of that. We're going out on a date. Scheduling those dates is very, very important. Hello, and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle podcast, where we bring you the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael Lutheran, and I am the producer of the podcast. Unfortunately, Daniel and I weren't able to connect to do a joint uh, outro for this episode. Uh, we both just got back from 4th of July, which I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. Um, it was an amazing week. I got to see one of my best friends, Brendan Ward, get married in the most beautiful of places in uh, Northern California. We were just outside of Sacramento in a small town called uh, Walnut Grove. And it was such an incredible experience. And for those of you who were wondering how my best man's speech went, no worries, I rocked it. <laughs> no, it was one of those moments where you have the speech mostly written out, but you don't really know how to connect all of the dots. And so... My girlfriend just kept telling me over and over throughout the entire weekend, Michael, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Michael, just be honest. Michael, why are you freaking out so much about this? And I know I should have listened to her, but I have to go through these stages of panic, I guess. But the night before, I was basically just talking to the wall at one point, just going through the speech. And then even during the wedding ceremony, I was just witnessing this beautiful moment happening between two friends of mine and I was just overwhelmed by it and then all of a sudden I had this crazy idea. Uh, Brendan and I had done a production of Midsummer Night's Dream uh, when we first met. That's how our friendship started and I remembered a line that he had said towards the end of the play. His, his character was Demetrius and essentially it's something along the lines of if we not sleep do we if we are not sleeping, is this not all a dream? And basically, I was able to tie that in with throughout the rest of my uh, story to kind of link all of the intros and the story of how we auditioned for that and, you know, close it on this really nice poignant moment. And it was just an amazing experience. I, I really loved being there for my friend and just kind of having a break from the Los Angeles actor hustle for a couple days, but I am back now, and we are back here with the Hollywood Hustle podcast. Now, in Act 2, we are back with John Christie, and I get to join the conversation as we discuss all the ins and outs of what it takes to run a successful crowdfunding campaign. So you want to get some pen and paper ready because there is a lot of great information shared. We talk about Kickstarter and Indiegogo and Seed and Spark and all of the individual approaches we took to running these kind of crowdfunding campaigns for our projects. We also discussed the various ways of how we each stay sane in this hectic city, as well as what it takes to be in a committed relationship while still being committed to your creative career. 
So enjoy the rest of this discussion. I'm going to toss it on over to Daniel back in the interview, and I'll catch up with you guys on the other side. We're back, and we're still here with Mr. John Christie. That's right. Real quick question. I meant to ask in the last one. Have you gone on prices right yet here? Have you gone to a taping? No, I haven't. But I have a friend who was actually contested on the show, and he won. Oh. He won the, his game. I don't remember what game he played, but uh, we had a big watching party for him, and uh, it was quite a thrill. We had uh, we had a, a lady on who a girl on who won a big uh, big prizes and stuff on nice. Let's Make a Deal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so also with us, as always in these roundtable discussion episodes, is the man that almost beat Drew Carey to be the host of Price is Right, but just couldn't get there, Mr. Michael Lutheran. I was so close. I was so close. But I thought it was, uh, whose line is it anyway? So just completely <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just kept doing improv. Exactly. Like, can you focus? Yeah. We need and, you to focus. And I just kept asking, like, where's Wayne Brady? Like, he's like, why's Tom Moncrie not here? Exactly. He, no one's here for my bits. <laughs> I feel like you guys are joking, but at the same time, I fully believe this actually happened. Yes. <laughs> Good. Keep the mystery alive. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of the, near the end of the, the last episode, uh, John, we kind of talked about a little bit about your crowdfunding, yeah. uh, kickstarting for um, uh, uh, Confessionals, which is now on YouTube. The first First, uh, uh, all the episodes are out on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, con, C-O-N, Fashionals. Um, so I want to kind of talk just about crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, the How easy it is, how hard it is, how fun it is, how not fun it is. <laughs> um, what you have to do to do it. Like yeah. What, the, what it takes. Um, both Mike and I uh, did a Kickstarter for the show here. Um, so we definitely have that experience, uh, even though ours is a smaller goal. I, I feel like the experience is still similar in a lot of ways. But we've also contributed to other people's campaigns. Absolutely. Sure. And I think it, what's really interesting about crowdfunding, you know, it's 2017, and more and more you're starting to see whether it's uh, fan or like films that come out years after a series have ended, right? Or anything like they're now coming about through crowdfunding, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, celebrities are even doing it to endorse some of their own passion projects. Like LeVar Burton's Reading Rainbow. Did you guys hear about yes, that? Yes. That's insane. You know, mm-hmm. and it's so it's, uh, the, the, what's what was one of the other shows that recently had like a bounce back, uh, just had a film that even went into theaters. Uh, well, Veronica Mars. Veronica, Veronica Mars, Mars. yeah. Yeah, and, and that was all through crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just this kind of great way of... You know, one of our friends used to put it like d- democratization of yeah. art in a way. It that puts it puts things out of the studio's hands exclusively and gives the people more power. Yeah, and, and for studios, it's something that they now have to start considering, and mm-hmm. because now they're not only are they having to compete against streaming sources like Netflix or uh, Hulu, but they're also starting to have to compete against their own audience mm. in terms of yeah. content. Well, I think that was the deal with Veronica Mars. There was, I think the deal was, if you raise a certain amount of money, we'll throw in this, we'll like either match it or throw in a different amount of money and we'll distribute it. Mm-hmm. So like that was kind of the deal I think that they came up with. Like you have to show, but I think part of that was like, we have to see that fans want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to see that we're going to make mm-hmm. money. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think recently there was another one that did not make it that was the same way. Like, we have, we're trying to show them that people want to see this. And sadly, but you also kind of see this. Granted, it's not crowdfunding, but um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Hit Record mm-hmm. oh, yeah. network, where yeah. it's an open platform of people just contributing content that they're right. creating. And he is 
basically just this, you know, he picks and chooses what he wants to use along that theme. And so it's, you know, whether it's through financial dollars, you know, that you're contributing to a project or you're giving a piece of your own art Mm -hmm. expression towards this guy's project. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting and inspiring that we're at a point right now where we can really shape what we want to experience. Well, uh, Legion M just became, I don't know if you have heard about this, It's it's a production company called Legion M and their whole format was the fans will be the uh, shareholders oh. of this company. And so pretty much they were they went through a lot of the legal stuff to a point where they could start accepting money from fans to buy stock. In it's almost like company. the Green Bay Packers of the arts. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and and, and they, they just, uh, I think Colossal, the movie with um, uh, Jason uh, Sudeikis and, um, what's her name, from Les Miserables, um, uh, and Hathaway um, is a Legion M they're part of that production and fans produced that movie because they are stockholders in that production company mm-hmm. so they're producers on that film in a way yeah. and so as producers right we're all around this table because we also have experience with producing it's mm-hmm. this really interesting way of you know and also we're up and coming artists right and so not only are we trying to get our voices heard by the studios but it's this even bigger I almost like a better thing where you're naturally just reaching out to the people who you want to have your fans as right in a way and like tapping in with them and seeing what they're naturally more so engaged with and mm-hmm. I feel like that type of uh, one-on-one interaction mm-hmm. is almost more beneficial than the old way right. right where you know the more traditional sense is if you had a show like uh, confessionals and you wanted to have it be seen by the masses you would have to pitch it to studios right and go through and you know have to give up some of your creative uh, yes. integrity or yeah. to, in order for that show to have happened. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, there was another show very similar to Confessionals that Alan Tudyk started uh, called Con Man. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're currently in season two right now. Um, but the story goes that they that he brought the series to other bigger studios and networks trying to get distribution, and they would have wanted to have more creative control over it. They would have maybe wanted to reshoot it with other things going they wanted, on. They didn't want to cast him in it. He they told him he can't play the lead. That really, was thing, that he wasn't right for the lead character. And, and he was, was like, "No, that's not the way this is going to go down." Mm-hmm. Because the fans wanted me. The fans wanted this product that we created. So that's what we're going to give them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I approached my manager uh, with Confessionals after we were done filming and we were going to try to strategize who to pitch it to, he was telling me some similar things where, well, I mean, people are going to want, want views. They're going to want numbers before they put money in. And even if they do on a long shot take your show without the numbers, mm-hmm. they're going to want creative control and they're going to want to reshoot it. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what you do, it's probably not going to be this product that your fans are getting. And my whole thing was, this is the product that the fans need. This is the fit, the product the fans spent money contributing for this product, not the product the studios want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why we had to do it this way. And so just to clarify something you said, you, you, you said you talked to your manager. Is this yeah. your acting manager? It's then? my acting manager. He actually used to work for Lionsgate. So he's got oh, some wow. connections in that side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, yeah, he's well, he's well connected. He he's very he's been very encouraging, very supportive of me in all endeavors. That's really interesting. So not only is he acting as your, you know, your representation in a way, but as in a way you have that type of relationship where you can also approach him like, hey, this is something that I created. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? Right, that's rather true. than just like you know, you're always submitting me, submitting me. No, submitting. yeah. 
Yeah. He's, he's been very approachable. We're, we're very good friends just out, outside of the business side of things. And so he's, he's expressed many times he's more than willing to help me with whatever I need. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I yeah. think for listeners, just, you know, it's what he just said right now, uh, what John said about him being his friend, his manager being your friend, <laughs> that you think of him in that type of relationship, mm-hmm. I think is more rewarding probably for you in both business and you know, just personally, of having that close of a relationship. I, mean, I just think you got to be friends with who you work with. That's that's true of just anything. If you want, if you want to be happy in life, you got to get along with the people that you're around. If you if you butt heads with your manager, I don't care if he's the biggest manager in Hollywood. I mean, unless he's getting you like, unless you're working mm-hmm. constantly. If unless you're working constantly, consider getting a new manager. Just consider it because you have to deal with that every day. Yeah. Why, wouldn't you want to deal with? somebody you actually like and get along with every day. Mm-hmm. I know I would. Yeah. So for, for um, as I say, for Michael and myself and for you, for you what was, how was the process overall of kickstarting? Or, and, and you said you've done some Indiegogos. Um, what, you know, how for you was that experience and what, what did you learn about yourself and how hard that was? Well, um, I don't know if this exactly fits in with the way you phrased the question, but I'll tell you what I learned yeah. from Indiegogo. Yeah. What I learned from Indiegogo is that there wasn't enough activity going on during the campaign to stir the pot. Um, I kind of put the perks on there. The perks were good. I'm not going to say they were great, but they were interesting. They were good. I came up with interesting stuff, and I had a, a, a good pitch in my video, and... Uh, you know, lots of descriptions about what the money would go to. It was very in-depth once it launched, but then I didn't do anything with it. And so there comes that time when after that first wave of supporters of family and friends that it just kind of dies off. And then at the very end of your month or however long your campaign lasts, you get those last minute, oh, I would mean to do that, people. And that that's what you've got. Whereas with Kickstarter, what I made sure to do going in was don't let this sit still ever. Mm-hmm. Always be active every day. If not every day, every other day. You can't let multiple days go by without giving them something. Whether it's uh, uh, a, 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 an actor headshot, a character headshot who's working on the project, or uh, a new perk that you're adding. That was something that I did that I thought was well was well received. Was saving some certain perks to throw up later on um, yeah. to get other people to go, oh wait, that wasn't there before, huh? Mm. I wasn't thinking about it, but that sounds really interesting. Not all of your cards were on the table. Exactly, exactly. You still had a couple aces in your back pocket that you could throw out there later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think for us, we we realized uh, very quickly that it's, you know, our our goal was $500. Mm. Very reachable, but we still, this is a podcast. It's not a film. Sure. I think that's the the important thing is you have to remember what is it that you're specifically doing Mm. and and which platform works best. Sure. I think coming from that, I think the first tip that we have for anybody listening that wants that, know what your budget is Mm. and do the bare minimum. Yes. (laughs) Like know what you minimally can do, whatever it is you're trying to do for and make that your goal because unless you do a Indiegogo, and I think Kickstarter does this now, where it's a the flexible yeah, funding, the flexible yeah. funding, which but they take more out. Yes, they that. do. Yeah. Um, if you do the all or nothing funding, you want to make sure it's an attainable goal for what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and so you want to make sure you have a goal that if you hit it, you can make it for that much because you may not get more than that. Mm-hmm. But, but also that being said, you also have your um, 
you know, perk, like, or not perk goals, but flex goals. Fle- flex mm. goals. And, you know, F, so for us, it was after 500, it was 750, right? You, you keep hitting benchmarks of where you can go. And also, before you launch, plan, plan, plan. <laughs> like, for how many meetings you and I, Dan, had um, of just spending so much time of like figuring out the marketing plan that it's not like, oh, we're not going to do any marketing just day of launch, you throw it up. No, you have to build up the buzz mm-hmm. on social media, yep. created Facebook events, mm-hmm. like, you know, and yeah. just sending out messages to people like, hey, this is coming up in a week. You know, we really appreciate your support. And guys, remember, this was them just raising 500 bucks. <laughs> this yeah. is what they did for 500 bucks. Well, but, and it's also, you make it personal. Yeah. We, like, I know for me and Dan, we, we, uh, pre-drafted emails to very specific people. Sometimes they're family members, sometimes they're... Acquaintances uh, and people we know from... Exactly, and it, but you're not sending them a copy and paste email sure. that you're sending to everyone. You're making sure. it specific to sure. them. Like asking about, hey, I saw this web series that you recently did, congratulations. Uh, this is something that I'm up to. If you're open to support, we're launching a Kickstarter. So that mm. way it's, you're connecting with the person. You're not just right. knocking on their door and asking for money. Right. I think kind of going back to the setup yeah. of the thing, um, you know, I like John uh, said in the previous episode, he had a video that he made that was kind of like a trailer type promotional video mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Um, confessionals. Michael and I, I with, uh, with the podcast, it was a little harder. We weren't exactly, you could do a video, obviously, where it's you talking and discussing what the podcast is. But one of the things we knew we wanted to do was do like an episode zero, uh-huh. and so after we started like halfway through the funding, we were, we got like we went to my apartment and recorded on like one microphone we had a this is what this would be if we weren't getting your support. yes and yeah. <laughs> asking good. each other questions about ourselves and uh, getting to know each other kind Hear, of hearing uh, Daniel's dog <laughs> yeah, hearing my dog in the background um, <laughs> like it's it's very you know very gorilla somewhat gorilla style. But that's what we wanted to do was like, okay, this is what this podcast is going to kind of be. It's me interviewing people and then part of it is us chatting with them. May I ask you guys a question since we're talking about your podcast? What did your $500 or $750 or whatever you raised, what did that go to for you guys in this podcast? Mm -hmm. Uh, That was basically for the basics of some sort of website, um, uh, uh, microphones, and maybe a little bit for some sort of like promotional stuff, maybe mm-hmm. for like rewards. Sure. Mm-hmm. To, to, to supplement whatever rewards we were offering. But that it was really the basic of, yeah, sure. the, of, what, of what we were trying to go for. But yeah. then as we made our goal in one day. Yeah. We made wow. Congrats. 11, yeah. 11.58 p.m. the day we launched, we got the last clap. Round of applause. Yeah, well, because yeah. well, yeah. also that's part of it, right? Like. You want to know that you're going to have, and it's going to be a lot of family, and it's going to be a lot of close friends sure. who are like the day you open the gates, they're going to go and yeah. help you out, and that's yeah. so important. But then it's about the next day. Yes. And then it's about us figuring out like, okay, because we, we don't want to ask for money that we don't need, but we also know that $500 only gets you so far, sure. especially when it comes to microphones and sure. good quality equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so much of that was uh, going towards better equipment. Uh, towards bringing on uh, certain team members, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Mike Tobias who's designed our website has done a fantastic job. We don't want, we would never want to ask anyone to build a website for free. For free. Yeah, um, yeah. And especially so, a friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, especially for that. And so, um, you know, we're also very conservative with it, in that we haven't spent all of our funds because 
there's going to be costs coming on down sure. the road. And, and also we still, um, you know, to make sure to pay for your perks mm-hmm. and stuff as well. The cost and the time. Like you said, getting all the people's emails, putting yes. it all together. I the mean, envelopes. We, like, we are still working, we're gathering the stuff to put together the perks and stuff like that, but we still, we haven't sent ours out, and it's been three months. It ended in March, right? Uh, we No, it ended... March? Yeah, March, oh, yeah, it was March, yeah. yeah. It ended in March, so that's kind of our next step. After we get the podcast going, our time is a little more freed up to focus on getting sure. those rewards out. And again, the rewards, like you said, are important when you're planning it. What is... What are people going to be interested in? Right. What can your thing give to people? Sure. Because you can't just say, I'm going to give you everyone $5 gift card to Starbucks if you (laughs) donate. It's like that has no no relation to what you're trying to do anyway. Mm -hmm. So you've got to come up with a a creative thing to give back to your supporters that's still related to what it is you're doing. And and also, you don't want to like, for $20 will give you a shout-out on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Or something. Well, that's so annoying. You know, it's just like, yeah, you got to think about, like, you know, this is people's hard-earned money. Yes. They're putting forward. Yes. And their time that they're giving to just, like, look to see what your project is all about. Watching your video. You know, mm. and it's like, if they're willing to give $1 mm-hmm. or yes. something, you know, like, let's, let's give them something that is of value, but also, like, reach out to them on all social media platforms that we can find them on and just make them feel like, they're being thanked, and even after the process, even after we closed, we we're still sending email updates. Yeah, to our backers. Like, yeah, that's hey, very important. This is what we're up to. Like this is they they want the, uh, they want those updates after you reached your goal. They mm-hmm. want to know what you guys are doing with that money. They want to know if you're putting their money where your mouth is and making it happen. But again, it's keeping them involved. Yes. And again, that's marketing. It's, yes. It's all about this. You know, looking at Kickstarter is not just fundraising, but marketing. Getting people excited about what you're doing. You know, again, like recently we released you know, episode zero just for the backers, mm. just so they can get a feel of what the show is. I, I found some, you know, genetic theme music and stuff like that, and just kind of went, this is kind of who we are. You don't, you know, you may know me, but you may not know Michael and vice versa. This is who we are. Mm. This is why, you know, hosting a show takes a personality. You know, leading a show takes personality. So right. you've got to see, okay, if I'm funding a web series, is the guy playing the lead someone that actually is going to be able to carry that show? Mm-hmm. If you have a podcast where part of it is a guy doing one-on-one interviews, is he going to be able to do those interviews? Is he going to have interesting questions? Is he going to be something I want to listen to right. for an hour while, you know, I'm <laughs> while I'm in traffic? Yeah. Is he going to ask engaging questions? Are they going to have engaging guests on? And you know, it it is mostly family and uh, it, at least the initial. But you also like you talked about flex goals. Know what you want after that. Know what you're going to. Get, you know, if you go from 500 to 750, what's that 750 for that wasn't in that 500? Right. Mm-hmm. Give them a reason to give you more money. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, in the descriptions, say what your stuff is. Yeah. Like the worst Kickstarter I ever see, or where it's like, we're doing a movie. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be yeah. good. It's, really it's a good. comedy. Yeah. And they don't really know what they're what they're marketing. They don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. You had pictures of cast on yours, uh, John. Yeah. Of the cast members, who they were gonna play. You made it where I could see the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Let where people can see what it is. Yes. Understand. I'm cast. I have people ready to go. There are these people that you probably know. I have that we already know what we want to do and where we're gonna record. We just need you to make it happen. It's it it's it's kind of cliche, but it's it's what you put in is what you get. Mm-hmm. If you if you half ass your 
your Kickstarter campaign, you're not going to reach your goal. You're going to get what you put in. Yeah. Well, and it's also the more specific you are. Yeah. If you if I create a Kickstarter saying, oh, I have this idea for a movie about this one guy. He wants to go to the moon. And yeah. <laughs> you know, but like there's no script. There's no production team or anything. No one's going to want to get to that. But sure. The more like, you know, this is the script. This is the specific story. These are the you're, people. You, these are the team members that I'm bringing on with You're me. showing that you've done work before that Kickstarter launch. Yes. You've and, got and, a crew dedicated. You've mm-hmm. got the script. You have these p- other pieces in place. And what's missing is your support. And, you thought about it. And, and yes. your investment. Yeah. So I want to go back. You were talking earlier about marketing. Um, yeah. One of the things you mentioned, you know, putting together like Facebook invites, Facebook events, let people know we're launching this Kickstarter a week later. Like, and, you know, and, that, and those are important though because I, as you we were kind of alluding to earlier, there's going to be the people the last day that they're like, oh yeah, I need to do this. Right. You need. I heard someone say, and it's that old saying, right? Like, you need to see something seven times in order to remember yes. it. Yes, mm-hmm. I've heard that too. And so, so and sometimes you got to be careful about flooding your Facebook. Walls mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm. and your Twitters and Instagram. People tune that out. Yeah, like if it's just the same message over and over and over, people aren't going to listen. Well, I think it's also remembering Facebook is not Twitter and Twitter is not Facebook. Facebook, a post will live for almost a whole day because it will go up in people's feeds when people mm-hmm. comment, when people like it, it'll show up somewhere else in somebody's feed. Twitter, on the other hand, is a totally different vehicle <laughs> where the average lifespan of a tweet is seven seconds. Whoa! Yeah. I would have guessed like five minutes. Mm. Seven yeah. seconds is insane. Well, I mean, just think people are just like growing, going. They're growing, on that all the time, yeah. If, if you have a thousand followers and let's say at least 600 of those are active on Twitter, maybe 300 of them are constantly active on Twitter, that you tweet, hey guys, we're doing a new move, we're doing this thing, please check it out. Within seven seconds, that tweet's going to be 100 posts down. Because they're also following celebrities. That's following true. Companies. That's true. I never thought about that way. That's yeah. so quick. Yeah, that's it's seven <laughs> seconds. You know, and, and so that having different strategies for different platforms. Mm-hmm. But then there's also, you know, some people aren't on the internet. You know, and so it's like making some phone calls or what, whatever you can to do to like, you know, get other people to talk about it. I definitely know that for our Kickstarter group, there were specific individuals who I know don't have their social media that I specifically emailed and gave those personal emails to mm-hmm. and to let them know yeah. that because they they support me and they would want to know what I'm up to yeah. and they want to be able to have the opportunity mm-hmm. which they don't have is they don't have social media and, and sometimes it's about like really spelling out like well this you go to this website mm-hmm. there's all these options that you can look down and then you hit this button make it accessible yeah yeah, ma- yeah. make it so that there's no reason for them not to do and it. put the link everywhere mm-hmm. put it in all your profile bios put it in every tweet you send I, we, we tweeted I tweeted out people that I don't like celebrities I follow and just like that I know do a lot of indie film and stuff like that or their, their, their own podcast yeah and I would be like hey do you mind retweeting that we're trying to get a Kickstarter together for this this is what the podcast is this is the the, the Twitter handle so you can go look at it but if do you mind retweeting to your followers and they have you know one hundred fifty thousand followers and at least out of probably twenty tweets like that to people, ten of them would would retweet it. Really? Yeah. yeah. And they that's would, really cool. Um, and what's cool though, and this goes into Kickstarter, this goes into you, John, mm-hmm. like producing your own content and stuff. It's about not being afraid. Yeah. To just reach out and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Can you help in either of these ways? Just share it. There's no harm in asking. Yeah. There's no harm. No, I will say, and Michael can test, and again, going to market, if you're marketing it right, I kind of felt like a jerk 
because you're literally flooding people's <laughs> stuff with asking for money. I'm, I'm messaging people. And it's, there's a part of you, like, part of me where I'm like, oh, I feel so bad, like, and especially if people were like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give, and they, that you don't see that they've given yet, mm-hmm. I kind of like, okay, I want to, hey, don't forget, like, I know you said, if yeah. you can't, that's great, right. but, I, you know, I try to be very careful with it, like, if you can't, I understand if things came up, right. like, I just want to, like, hey, if you don't, if we're ending in, like, three days, and I don't want you to feel like you missed your chance, right. here's the link again, and half will be like, oh, you know what, dude, I totally forgot, here, I'll do it, like, right now, and you just want to remember, like, these are people with lives, and these are your friends, and right? Your family, also. Well, because they're your friends, that mm-hmm. should take some of that guilt away. Mm-hmm. Because if they're real friends, they're good friends. Right. They won't have that negative attitude oh, to yeah, you bringing it back up. Yeah, but then it's also knowing who you're talking to. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, if this was a, a you know professional relationship, you yeah. work with this person, yeah. you might very different. You might want to approach it a little different. Very different. Yeah. And one thing we learned, and I don't know if you experienced this, John, that we didn't really think of at the beginning until halfway through. Some people do not trust the internet. Huh. And some people don't trust sending money through the internet. And we had several backers that wanted, that reached out to us asking, can we just send a check through the old fashioned mail? I can't say I've dealt with that directly, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't surprise me too much. I I understand where those people are coming from. And so, so I think that's something to remember and something we'll remember next time is maybe put on somewhere in your description, if you don't feel comfortable, doing something through Kickstarter, reach out to us and we'll figure out another way that you can do sure. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just important to think about. Yeah, no, I mean, I think crowdfunding, and so we, we've been talking a lot about Kickstarter. Obviously, there's Indiegogo. There's also, um, for specific indie filmmakers, there's uh, platforms like Seed and Spark that are very different and that you can make financial contributions or you could post the packages like if you have... I need this kind of lighting package. If you have that to donate to this production, you can donate that equipment mm. and stuff. So there's there's a lot of different platforms out there. But what I just love is that we're at this time where if people are passionate about a particular story mm-hmm. or about a particular thing, we have now the resources in a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for the most part, hold those people accountable mm-hmm. as well. So real quick, any last tips for running a Kickstarter, planning a Kickstarter, marketing a Kickstarter. The one thing I like to try to tell, remember to tell people is to expect and be okay with hitting that wall in the middle. Because mm-hmm. no matter how active you are, you're going to hit a wall somewhere in the middle, whether it's the lull. It, the lull that happens. It, it's going to happen. Even with, and just so you guys know, when you add up all the social media followings of all the people that were attached to my project, we reached about 100,000. Mm-hmm. Even with 100,000 people, fans of the people involved with my project, we still had a wall for about three days in a row. We had nothing, no donations, nobody tweeting about us, nothing for three days. And I was freaking out. This was like, we were maybe a week out from finishing our campaign and we, we were we were dead in the water and we were like maybe 3,000 away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if we're gonna make it. This is terrible. And I just kept trying, no matter what I did for those three days, no matter what I did tweeting, Nothing, nothing worked for those three days. And that's in the end, but by the time I realized it's okay, it's okay. I realized this this is going to happen. It's bound to happen. There's going to be inactivity from their side sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll come out the other side. There'll be that wave at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, final, final piece of... It could be more than one tip. If, if I, you have I would tips. say, for one... 
be come from a place of gratitude. Mm. No one has to give you anything. Mm. And, you know, any amount of money is a surprise. Um, so come from a place of gratitude. Michael and I did not expect to even reach $500. Yeah. Like that was a low, that was a, to me, I was worried of, of, I almost wanted to set it at 300. Like 500 was like the, the high goal for me. And I was like, you know what, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And the fact that we reached it in one day was something I had dreamed about, but did not expect by any means. And the fact that we raised as much as we did in the end has blown me away ever since. So definitely come from a place of gratitude. And secondly, plan, plan, plan. Mm -hmm. You cannot do enough planning for this kick, uh, for crowdfunding at Mm -hmm. all. Know exactly what you can get with certain amounts Mm -hmm. of whether you make just your goal or if you make under or over, have specific set goals and, you know, uh, plan. Just plan, plan, plan. Um, I'd say my final, I'm going to kind of go through three different categories. When it comes to rewards, if you're doing it with a group of people, have one person who their sole job is the rewards mm. because that will make your life so much easier. If they're the ones that, you, you can all decide what the rewards will be, but have someone that their their goal after this thing is done is to get the rewards out there. Nothing mm. turns people off more to you and what you're doing than if they don't get the rewards. Some though people will wait. Sure, people will wait. They know they understand what's going on. Especially if you communicate with them. Yeah, yes. yeah. But that's the big. Yeah, that's the biggest. Thing. Communicate. Let them know it's coming. If you start yes. communicating and it's been a year, they oh. feel like they've been defrauded. Sure. And mm-hmm. that that's a terrible feeling. Number two, reach out to everyone. And that means people you may not even have talked to for three years. Like people you, from yeah. middle school and high school. Yeah, if they are anywhere near what they're interested in things that you're doing, if you're doing a superhero film and you say they love comics, reach out to them. Say, hey man, I don't know if you remember me, I'm from middle school, but I, you know, I'm doing this comic book thing. If you would love, just take a look at it and see if you'd be willing to support it. That, that, trust me, you'll be surprised how many people will eventually. And like Michael said, plan, plan, Plan and plan some more. Don't if you think you're going to add new rewards halfway through. Already know what those are going to be before you start the Kickstarter. Yeah. Know how much those are going to cost. That way you can control the surprise, just as John was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just be just be super super prepared. Know how and also marketing wise, be ready to change your strategy halfway through. Mm. Do you know regular posts and tweets for the first part. But then you got to start getting creative. You got to start posting memes and pictures and to get people's attention. If if I can add on to that, I know yeah. we're closing this no, topic, no, but yeah. one of the surprises that we ended up doing was we uh, added a special one day only type of perk mm-hmm. where if they donated a specific amount, they not only got the perk that was listed, but all this extra personal stuff from Sheremy's other anime stuff. Mm-hmm. So because she goes to conventions and she sells her own merchandise, right. but uh, if they donated four con professionals on this day mm-hmm. this amount they would get that plus all of this right and that helped to generate some more buzz as well definitely yeah Absolutely. um kickstarting and crowdfunding can be very stressful mm. Mm. Uh, planning and producing a production can be very stressful living in la in general can be very stressful so how how did you guys handle being you know relaxing in la finding that time to get away and escape the entertainment hustle and the the personal full-time job hustle what do you get what do you guys do to get away john if you want to I'll, start. I'll start um i don't do this often enough um but there was a time a few weeks ago where i just really wanted to take a walk 
Mm-hmm. I left my phone at home and I just and I just walked oh, up John, and down. That's how people disappear, man. <laughs> that's like a disappeared story. I just I wanted to disconnect just for like half an hour or an hour, and I, and I have a river right by my house. So I just oh, walked up. Even and down. worse, John. <laughs> <laughs> they have tall gates, they have tall fence. Like I'm not gonna look a full in. It's not even full. So like, um, anyway, I just wanted to escape and, and just walk and, and 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 just get get around some nature. I'm not. I like to hike. But at the same time, it's exhausting. So I don't like like driving. <laughs> I don't like to drive someplace to a hike. If I want to hike, I'll just walk around where I'm at. I'll just walk through a park or something. Right. So I like doing that from time to time, um, just reconnect with myself. Um, but otherwise, Sherman and I, we, we, we go to the mall. We go to the Burbank Mall uh, quite often to go see movies. And uh, we're also Disneyland nuts. Yeah. She she has connections with Disney, so we gotta get to go in the park for free. What? So we can't do that sometimes. You're my new best friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, kind of like John, it's something I should do more often of. Uh, lately, I've been crowding up my schedule. It feels like, and I need to start factoring in more time to just have some me time. Um, big part of that is, uh, you know hanging out with Karen, my girlfriend. Um, she is not an actress. She's not necessarily in the industry. So spending time with her, it's a great way for me to That's really nice. disconnect. And there's so many times where, you know, me and Daniel could be like messaging about the podcast or I'm, I'm doing something industry related. And she just is the one that like, hey, where are you right now? Oh, yeah. You know, and just like, if you're going to be here, be here, not somewhere else. And so just taking those times to, like you said, kind of disconnect. Um, I, I, I enjoy running I, and hiking. I really like putting myself in those type of environments and getting me focused more on just the body and just the nature. Uh, I love going to Big Bear. It's one of my favorite cool. places to get out of L.A. But I found that every month or two months, I need a little trip out of L.A. What, you know, this... Uh, for Labor Day weekend, I went out uh, to Solvang, uh, which is like north of Santa Barbara. And I'd never been there before, but it was just so nice getting out of L.A. for a little bit, decompress for a couple days, and then come back. Right. Um, that, that, that's sometimes what I need is kind of to get out of Los Angeles for right. a day or two. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say about a little bit with Michael. I'm, I'm, I'm buried and my wife is not in the business as well. Um, and I have a little, little two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Um, and so the who likes dinosaurs who loves dinosaurs <laughs> loves to roar um, the flexibility <laughs> of us leaving unfortunately is hard uh, just because when you have a kid there's a lot of playing that goes in that you have to take a lot of stuff and so where you keep keep the kid when you're gone all that stuff yeah. um, but we we do we like to go hiking that's one of the things we do we try to do that at least twice a month if we can our kid usually is carried on my wife's back uh, in like a little little pouch thing up up the hill and then we let him walk down. Because um, the walk up, it would, it would take too long, um, and then even the walk down. Sometimes we have to keep them from getting distracted by like plants um, <laughs> and animals, and animals, uh, and 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 like he'll stop and be like, "What is that?" And they're like, "Oh, it's a lizard." Where'd it go? And then like, they'll try to find it. Like we gotta go. We get, we, <laughs> we got a place. We, we got a place. We got, I mean, hiking is fun, but we got we gotta get to the real. We got stuff we gotta do. Um, I think for me, like planning get-togethers in some form or fashion. I think part of that's because we have a kid we don't get out as much as we used to, but, you know, that's how it is. 
But like, you know, yesterday Michael and his girlfriend and my wife and I and my kid all got together and had brunch and, and it's stuff like that. Like finding that time to get to the friends and fa- you know, yeah. other families mm-hmm. and, and just let yourself have those moments. Um, you know, it's, it's just that's when I'm relaxed. It's being with other people and being able just to chat about whatever. And also this like we're in Los Angeles, one of the biggest cities in the uh, in this country. Mm-hmm. And there's so much stuff to do. Like one of my favorite things that we're we're in the summer right now. So uh, going out to see like outdoor uh, movies. Yeah, movies in the park. Are movies yeah. in the park. Uh, I know a couple of years ago we went and saw Reservoir Dogs yeah. in Griffith Park. Mm-hmm. And like they have food trucks. And it is such a great way to... Just go hang out, see some like old movie, old school movies that you love. Right. Um, but also like you're, you can bring people yeah. along. And, and there's a ton of them too. There's uh, here's see and play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, um, uh, uh, street uh, street food cinema. There's um, also like rooftop. Yeah, there's some of the, Yeah, there's rooftop. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, like on top of buildings, they'll like house cool. little parties and stuff. Um, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Cemetery movie nights. Oh, oh yeah, uh, it's uh, Hollywood Forever. Hollywood Forever, yeah, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, they do movie nights. So there's a ton of that stuff. Um, obviously, museums are all all over the place. Yes, the Getty. Uh, the Science Museum, the History Museum, the La Brea Tar Pits Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's we're down here for our careers and stuff, but we can't sometimes let that just be the only thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ask this question to you guys. Um, when I first moved down here, I kind of came in with this attitude of like, "Oh, I don't think I'll ever settle in LA." There's the and there's still that, I'll still ask myself, like, oh, well, do I see myself, like, living, you know, getting a house or something down here in L.A.? Uh, do you still have draws of, like, maybe going back to Dallas or wanting to live somewhere else? Or Yes, um, I definitely still have the draw to go back to Dallas at some point. Um, I don't think my chapter in Dallas is done living-wise. I'm not going to say that I'm... I mean, it could be we retire in Dallas. It could be sure. that far along. I just, I, I feel like that part of my life is not over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see that happening imminently, though. And most of that is just because both me and my wife's family both live there. Okay, um, so she's from Dallas. She's from well. Dallas as well. She's from Carrollton. And uh, I'm from the colony, for those that know what the colony is. Thumbs up for you. <laughs> um, we have a big Nebraska furniture mart there now, so I guess we're on the global map. But... Uh, no, both our families live there, and the the cost of living there is so much cheaper than L.A. It's outside of California. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you when you talk about you know being grown ups and getting houses and mortgages and all that stuff, it's you look at Texas and you look at L.A. and it's like eh, yeah. it heavily favors the the Texas aspect, mm-hmm. um, but I mean again, it, it ever all the work is here, so you have to. Go? Do you go with the, the the cheap and the family, or do you go with you know the how you're making your living? Sure. So, so and also weighing in terms of what else do you want out of life? Sure. Because there's things that we we want for you know success or something, but for me, I'm a dual citizen mm. with England. I didn't know that. Yeah, and my I was born in England. My mom's British, and I've always had this dream of living in London. And maybe studying at RADA or at the Guildhall or Old Vic or something like that. And just like go and be a student of acting in England where I feel like so much of what we do and stuff kind of came from. They do it right over there. I'll tell you what. Well, (laughs) it's a country that really respects artists. Yes. Like you can 
find support easily as an artist over there. And it's 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 funny. Have you guys ever in this town been like said like, oh, I'm an actor or I'm a writer, and you get that? Oh yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, that's, not, that's not that's yeah that's. I, I've been in job interviews for with restaurants. You were talking about that in the mm-hmm. previous episode, and the moment I said I was an actor, the manager at this restaurant said, "Okay, so let me guess. You're going to want Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights off if you're in a show, and possible Sunday matinees, and then with the occasional time to leave for an audition, this isn't going to work out." Wow. And I did not have a chance to speak, and it's just like this is the town. Like you know that there's going to be creative people here. And you're not going to just give them a moment to talk or give them a moment to consider. Wow. Dude, the first, the first, some of the first interviews I went for a waiter job when I was when I was waitering waiting tables, I never told them I was an actor because I knew that's the last thing they want to hear. Just because the scheduling, I I, I told them I was a writer, but mm-hmm. I never told them I was an actor because I knew that writing you can do at any point, any time, any day. So that's not going to be usually a scheduling issue. But I usually try to keep that away from them because. That's not, you know, it, I, not that I want to trip them and then all of a sudden I have these days off, mm-hmm. but I also knew I probably wasn't going to take every Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, and I wasn't, and I was, I was more going to be a full-time employee anyway, Sure. so there's no reason they shouldn't be able to give me some of those days off, but I try to keep that, but I want to go back to your question real quick earlier yeah. about Texas. Um, I know my mom's listening. Uh, sorry, mom. No, not planning on going back to Texas <laughs> ever. I'll visit. I'll go. You know, my mom. My mom will come here. We'll take Nolan there. We'll send Nolan there to stay for a little bit. But for me, it's just that's just not my home anymore. It's just I. I, I love being by the beach. I love the creative feeling here in in Los Angeles. Um, I love that I can go see a play at any point, any time. Like this is just the right place for me. Well, and also for you practical thing you're you have a child in this town and also the having grown up in a military household of sometimes you get that uprooting feeling Mm -hmm. of like you're in this area for a while and then all of a sudden up you get orders got to pick up and go somewhere else Mm -hmm. and that's something hard to do for a kid especially for nolan as he's growing up and knowing Mm -hmm. this to be his home if you were to move in a different uh state or a different city Mm -hmm. or something that'd be have that would be something you'd have to do. Now, take. I will never say, I will not say never. Sure. I'm the plan is not there, but if something was to come up where there was like a job offer that was just way too good yeah. to pass up, but most likely I would move, we would move back to Austin. We would move to Austin. We, okay. wouldn't, we wouldn't go to Dallas. Oh, interesting. But, uh, just because that's still more of the town for, for me and, uh, mm-hmm. and my wife as well. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's a tough one. Have, would you ever move back to Vacaville? Uh, no, not Vacaville, no. <laughs> I, though I, I have thought about the Bay Area because mm. uh, c- I'm from Northern California. Okay. Um, I've def because they have such a beautiful theater scene there um, in Berkeley, San Francisco area. But I, I'd say England is something that's like on my horizon. So mm. I, when I came down here, I I always said like when I turn thirty years old, if I haven't made it, uh, maybe I'll go to England and. I'm not. I'm not going to rule that out, but it's just something there that I'd eventually like to do, even if it's for six months mm-hmm. or something like that. Three months, you know, just go and live with my cousins or something for a little bit, and just see what happens. Right. Who knows? BBC. They need some American actors. <laughs> so we've all talked about how uh, John, your your wife is in the business. Uh, both Michael and my significant others are not, though. I know Michael, yours has done modeling. Yeah, she's, uh, she's 
definitely a model. Absolutely. And, but she's also done some auditions, right? Yeah, she's done some auditions, and she's actually done some like you know campaigns for Jamba Juice. Wow. You know, and but she, her big goal is to be a, a physical fitness trainer, mm-hmm. um, a personal trainer. So that's a goal she's working towards right so, now. So for you, I guess, John, since you're again, your wife is more into the business than either of ours, uh, significant others. How do you guys handle that scheduling, uh, finding time to be together, uh, you know, and, and then supporting each other without maybe getting jealous if one person's booking more than the other person? How do you guys handle that? It's tough. It's hard. Um, it, it wasn't always hard. Um, but obviously, you know, as marriage goes along, you have to put more work into it because mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that excitement, that that star in their eye the, kind of, the honeymoon the honeymoon phase, phase mm-hmm. does go away mm-hmm. and so you, you kind of settle into marriage you settle into your life together and that's when you have to kind of work a bit harder uh, making sure that you have those times together and uh, we whenever we have those those stretches where it feels like we're fighting every day we're fighting a lot we one of us will go we haven't like gone out in a while mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it mm-hmm. maybe we just need to go out or, or just go see a movie or go out to dinner or something like that. Just and just and then that's the reason. It's not we're going out to dinner because we have all these errands to run and we're gonna grab a bite. Or, you or know, it, this is gonna be a business meeting. Or it's a business meeting, or you know, we're going out because you have a screening for a new movie coming out and we're gonna eat before. It's like it's not related to any of that. We're going out on a date. Scheduling those dates is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the jealousy thing goes, um, thankfully we haven't been dealing a lot with that. Um, it's most, and I, and I credit that because I recognized a long time ago, back when we were first dating, that she had such a head start on me. So I can't compare my career to hers. She's been doing this since she was six years old. She was in a, uh, she played the young Leanne Rhymes in Holiday in Your Heart back in the nineties. So and Kelly Raspberry from. Kid Credit, I believe, was in that show. Yeah. I remember that from her always. Like, yeah, <laughs> and they still back. play that around Christmas time. They still play <laughs> that movie. So she she's been at this for twenty some odd years, and I've only been doing this since you know college. So I just know that all of her success is from her hard work, and she started a lot younger than I did, and I just was able to differentiate that and just recognize we're in very different places in our career, mm-hmm. and I can congratulate her because I I'm. I'm if either of us is going to make it, I want it to be her because she's put so much more work into it mm-hmm. than I have. That if if only one of us got to reach that level, I'd want it to be her. Mm-hmm. So nice. Wow. Yeah. How about you, Michael? How do you guys? I know we talked a lot about you know y'all's relationship yeah. and how you know we me and you see each other. There's a joke between our our brothers that we're we should get married. Oh, uh, when, when we up- uploaded our. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one of our marketing images, I, I uploaded it on my cover photo on Facebook, and it's you know me and Daniel mm-hmm. like looking at like we're laughing, and there's yeah. the microphone in the middle of the table, and <laughs> Karen without a doubt like was like, oh your engagement photos look so uh, beautiful, and then your <laughs> wife <laughs> basically repeated on the yeah, same. Agreed idea. The same yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. The same thing. Um, yeah, we we yeah we Michael and I, we obviously when you collaborate on something, you have to be in a lot of communication with each other. But how do you how do you guys handle? you know, your schedule as an actor and, you know, her, you know, trying to mm-hmm. do her stuff, her jobs and her, her, her fitness stuff. How do you guys make it work and deal with the times when it gets a little rough? It's definitely the times where things flare up is because communication 
has sometimes broken down. And oftentimes because I'm so busy and yeah. figuring out what my schedule is because it can change at any given moment and stuff like that. Like sometimes I don't know what my schedule is and I don't sometimes communicate that with her. And so that's something that I've been trying to work more and more on is having that clear line of communication of like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be working all this week, whether it's for the podcast or acting class or, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. It's unfortunately, you know, I'm working almost every single day, but where in those days can we find time for us? Mm-hmm. And it's really, like you were saying, John, very much about, you know, choosing, is this a date, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is us time. So if this is going to be time for us, I'll do everything that I can possible to not have that time influenced by outside sure. forces. Yeah. Um, and really just, you know, if there is an issue, she, uh, Karen's very good about like, hey, notice that we haven't talked about this lately or you've been very busy. Let's talk about that. You know, it's again, for us, at least it's all about that communication and letting the other know, especially uh, because Karen's not as in the business as I am, you know, communicating when I'm going to be available and when, you know, I might not be. Mm-hmm. But it's and but it's not for lack of like, because if, if I had it my way, I'd not have a job, right? We'd all have, you know, our funding by our creative mm-hmm. endeavors and stuff like that. And I'd be able to spend time with her. But, um, you know, L.A. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny I, when you kind of talk about that funding for our endeavors. Just yesterday, I kind of joked about it with Angie because Angie's in marketing. is kind of her chosen kind of career path about, like, joining the team as our head of marketing it was very jokingly because I know she doesn't, she's got her own job, stuff like that. But she kind of said, like, if this ever became something where it was self sustaining for both of us, that she would definitely consider it. And when I thought, I was like, that would be awesome. Yeah. But that also would be hard. <laughs> like, we've talked about, me and her have talked, like, could we work together? <laughs> and we are, my wife and I are, are very, are, have some, a lot of differences and similarities in every relationship, but we are definitely that puzzle piece of mm. like, one part fits where the other part's missing. That's awesome. And I'm very more much the the social, uh, uh, outgoing, to the point sometimes embarrassing probably, uh, where I'll talk to anybody in a line at a grocery store. <laughs> She's more the the uh, loves to be at home and loves reading, and that's great. Like I I love that she loves that, and 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 but she's been so understanding of like the podcast and understanding of like what. The, this stuff entails yeah. and how much work you have you, to put you, into it. Yeah, you just have to be careful, I feel like, if that were to happen, right, of like being very mindful of what, how much work gets into the relationship. Well, you, that's I, where you set the boundaries. Yeah, because I was in a relationship where, um, you know, we, we were collaborators, we were producers on a project, and I was directing. And unfortunately, you know, when I was not at rehearsal or whatever, it's sometimes more and more of the conversations became about the project mm-hmm. and how stressful that was. And, you know, you just have to sometimes be careful about that. Uh, and John, you know, uh, you you and your wife, do you, you collaborate together? We do. Like, we do. We, 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 uh, we ran into a lot of that with confessionals, actually. Yeah. It was very, very trying. Um, and a lot of it was because she was the creator mm-hmm. of the show Yet I was the one who wrote it, and I was the one who I'm the one who's directing it, and all this stuff. So there was definitely a clash of opinions, mm-hmm. um, a lot, especially towards the closer we got to the filming process. 
Um, and we did ne- never had those conversations <laughs> of the boundaries and what are the expectations going in. Yeah. So, so that is you just dive in head first. We just dove in head first. And so that's something we definitely are learning from for yeah. the next time. <laughs> for season two. Yes. <laughs> we, and, and, and Michael and I started out as friends before we started working together. And this kind of goes into different types of relationships. But, you know, before we started working professionally on things. And yeah. we even had to have, a, like, because I've worked with people, bef- friends before, and some of those relationships are no longer there because of that. Mm-hmm. And I made sure to go, look, we there, have there to can be, be a able, burnout. Yeah, we need to be able to separate friendship and professional to a point where I don't want this. If we have a fight over the podcast, then if I'm calling you to hang out, you're like, I don't want to talk to him. Like, I want to make sure. And again, I think yeah. that's back to communication, like well, making sure you're communicating, but you can also separate those two things. Yeah. If, you know. And we're also very good about like, hey, you want to catch a movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. Let's invite some of our other friends mm-hmm. and stuff. So sometimes having those other outside influences, you know, we won't talk about the business yeah, as yeah. much. Or if it comes up, yeah, you talk about it, but then you just like yeah. let it move on. And I think it's again with probably the same with you and your wife is being professional. Mm. It's knowing this is a professional moment. We're we're gonna have don't take anything I say personally. Mm-hmm. And again, that's harder. When you're in a close, whether it's close friendship or close, we're we're still figuring that out. Yeah. That's that's an ongoing deal because it's it's I'm I am to a fault really good at separating mm-hmm. the business from the personal, mm-hmm. and uh, that has been my undoing many a night. Um, and again, it all just goes back to talking boundaries. It's mm-hmm. it's when when we're at home because we spend a lot of time in our apartment. So the, the, the setting and the locale does not dictate what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to figure out, we're still figuring out a way to going into the night being like, okay, is this, is this business time? Are we talking confessionals tonight? Or can this be a night where we set that aside and we just watch a movie? Yeah. Just be setting aside and we just talk about something else yeah. other than that. Figuring out what hats you're wearing at the time. Yes, right? exactly. Is this director talking to show creator? Is this uh, director talking to actor? Correct. Because I, in my head, can be shifting the switch. But without communicating that with Jeremy, mm-hmm. she can take anything I say personally. Mm-hmm. And that's not her fault. That's my lack of communication. Yeah, yeah. and that, as actors, you know, you're up. I can only imagine as a show creator as well, as well as being one of the main actors in it, like getting that type of criticism or something like that can automatically actors take notes sometimes more personally yes. than they're meant to be given. Exactly. Well, I, think, I think it's important kind of how you said, knowing when to talk about business and when to talk about other things. Mm-hmm. Like I make sure I make it a point to make sure I don't constantly talk about the podcast with Angie or talk about writing with Angie I make sure to have conversations about our child about life <laughs> oh, and about what's going on in the world to, you talk to that little if one there's a funny, we tweet, <laughs> that other guy yeah <laughs> we send other funny tweets to each other like funny like t- memes and stuff like that like you have to have those those still kind of intimate funny things in right. your relationship and I think in the same thing like yesterday when we went to brunch I, I made sure in my head like do not talk about business like, yep. if we do, it's going to be quick and mainly because our secretary was texting me and I was trying just to pass that information along to him. Yeah. But it, we barely talked about the podcast, I think. I felt like yeah. we, we did a really good job about it. And, and that was me really having to go, don't talk about the podcast. This is a group of friends getting together just to eat and enjoy each other's company. And that's, you know, and sometimes actors are given this note. I know I am. And sometimes it's just relax. 
you don't have to always be on. on. Yes. Right? Yes. Knowing when to be, not turned off, but just, you don't always have I to have be. I have such an obsessive quality. I'm so, I'm so, whenever I'm engaged in a project of mine, I throw everything I am into it. And it's really hard for me to turn that off. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm going to have to start doing better of. <laughs> <laughs> start meditating. Take a yes. moment. Yes, I've been at this for six hours. Tonight we're having dinner. I don't need to be lamenting about what went wrong in those six hours. <laughs> yeah. I can talk about something else. But then also I've noticed, and I, this is just like an open discussion, even not even our significant others, but sometimes screens get mm-hmm. in the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to mention putting down your phone. Putting mm-hmm. down your phone, turning off the computer, because so often, like, you know, I, I work in a medical office during the week, and so that's long hours, especially if I have acting class or whatever afterwards, and then I get home. Like, sometimes it's nice to just throw on Netflix or, yep. you know, have your show. But it's more important sometimes to turn it off and to just talk. Because mm-hmm. so much can uh, watching a show or something like that be distracting. Sure. Between what's actually happening mm-hmm. and stuff, so sometimes it's also about like, yeah, you want to watch the movie, but what you really want to be there for is is her is or her. them, yeah, yeah. And can it, uh, Memorial uh, the week of weekend Memorial Day last weekend Sunday we binge watched like two shows on like Sunday just because we didn't really have anything to do. We were sitting on the couch and we just watched Netflix, mm-hmm. and it was just like this is nice. Like we're both watching it, we're both engaged in it. Because we both, again, have our own interests and stuff that we like. Sure, so right. So watch something I don't really care for, what vice versa. But it's like, this, and we talked about it, we communicated That's the during best. it, we it's commented best. on it, and it was yeah. like, this is so, when we find that thing that we can both enjoy, is always Sure, me, she nice. has her, you know, Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders making the team, and her Yes the Dress, and that's all great, <laughs> and I have my Star Trek, and that's all great, <laughs> but when we find that show like Shark Tank, or Ooh. Fixer Upper, we're both kind of into Fixer Upper. Yes. Those shows, those are the best. We get to really communicate during. Not every shows. house needs a barn door. <laughs> I would agree with that. Not every house needs a sliding barn door, and yes. also they are way overpriced. They charge like thirty thousand dollars <laughs> to paint a tiny room. Like yeah, that's ridiculous. Or and my biggest pet peeve is they're like, so you have like three thousand dollars left over. Let's see where we can put yeah, that. It's like save it. You know, you know, how about we save that for that other thing that. You, that creeps up underneath the house, that foundation that you need to fix. That's going to cost $5,000. Let's put that there later. Use that back money to pay for your mortgage. Yeah. Like, or, yeah. hey, your kid probably wants to go to college eventually. You don't need that swing on the porch. You don't need it. Yeah, you don't need that extra porch at all. No. You then you're like, wait, you're in Texas. You can have a really big house for that. That is the money. sad thing when we watch yeah. that show. Like, yeah. We bought this giant house. For one hundred ninety thousand, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame that for why I think my chapter in Texas is not over is because of Fixer Upper. That's the show that's doing that. You want to go back and have the gains build you a house? Yeah, I do. I really you only go to Waco. Really though. Do. I know. Yeah, I Waco, know. And nobody wants to go to Waco. No. <laughs> Unless you have a job. They are the only years. reason. They are the yeah. sole reason. Don't go to Mexico. You can you Don't can literally it. get your dream house with them. They will make it happen. But for you. I, like my wife I, and I'm gonna say I watched some of like Real Housewives uh, of. Name a city. Sure. Um, you know, we... we a Vacaville. There's the yeah, Vacaville. Oh, my God. I don't even want to know. The Vacavillans. Um, yes. I don't... I mean, I watch some, too, and I get into them just because the drama, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this girl. Like, what is... What? But there's some... There's times, though, where I'm just like... I, but she likes it because she doesn't have to think. It's just relaxing. Yes. She can just relax yes. and just watch. And I'm just like... I'm still, like, 
the critique and the storyteller and he's mm-hmm. like okay a funeral is not the place for me to go up to Michael and go Michael you really ticked me off last mm-hmm. week when you're like no you're not a funeral <laughs> like, yes. that is not the, a wedding yeah. is not the place to go while you're at drinks to go well last week that, you said this and you did this what why would you bring that up? <laughs> and just went to like the storyteller. We are here for Patty, okay? <laughs> but it, but it's all it's about sometimes like yeah having those guilty pleasure mm-hmm. shows like Fixer Upper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we binged uh, the Great British Bake Off mm-hmm. show that was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's just you know a competition really baking show. It's it it'll make you want dessert. So <laughs> I advise having fruit mm-hmm. available so okay. you, you at least are ingesting some more healthier sweets. Yes. So if you want a good show for you guys to chat about. Yeah. I would say The Keepers. Okay. It is haunting. It is incredibly sad. I'm, I'm, I know this is a great review for it. <laughs> this is a great pitch. But it's so interesting. It's scary. It'll make you cry. You it's, should watch it. It's, it's, as, as a creator and a filmmaker, it is so interesting because it's people on camera, a lot of it's people on camera bearing parts of themselves that they have not done for years. And it's a lot of personal torment. That they're letting out, and it's about a murder mystery and a whole thing. But it's a doc. It's like making a murder type show. It's a docu series. Cool. So, so watch that, and then watch the and then watch then watch yes. the make off the live right in, in yes. succession, in right succession. after the other. But it really is like it's so, and it was one of the things where my wife, my wife, and I love like investigation, discovery, those kind. Of, we feel like we're couch detectives. We always talk. So I was like, <laughs> if like if there's ever a case, and we just get all the facts through a video, we can solve it. Like, that's that's our awesome. Feeling. But like. That, but it's 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 one of those shows like that's kind of some of the stuff that we connect with is just like watching this and making fun of bad reenactments mm-hmm. and like why is that guy wearing that mustache that obviously is not his mustache like and just ridiculous things like that or stuff <laughs> that we connect with yeah but I highly suggest keepers for a good conversation there we go but there we go. any last tips for relationships before we real quick or summing up of summing your up thoughts for on being in a relationship so yeah, let's go first <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, communicate. I'm taking Michael's. Communicate. What? That's not allowed. <laughs> uh, communicate and just find ways to separate the times that you have. Uh, again, if you're in a relationship with someone that's not in the business, make sure you separate the business from that relationship. If you're in a relationship with someone in the business and you're working together, separate the business from your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and make conscious efforts, especially if you're going somewhere with a business partner in a more social environment. Even if it's a networking event, don't continually talk about film. Like, talk about something else. Show who you are as a person. Don't get rid of distractions. Mm-hmm. When when you're there for them, be there for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, business can always be taken care of later. They're the most important thing, and be there for them. I like that. Get rid of distractions. Mr. I mean, Jumpers. Daniel, you, you pretty much took all of mine. Uh, <laughs> communicates important. <laughs> separation of... The, the personal with the business is important. And then I'll just echo what I said earlier on, which is work hard at the marriage, work hard at the relationship. Don't, don't you know, expect that honeymoon phase to last. Don't, don't rely on, you know, what you loved about that person the first week or that one mutual interest that you have to get you by through the harder times. You have to work at it and set aside time to go out and, and go on a date. Yes. Absolutely. Especially if you're married. Dating is important when you're married. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out with our usual closing stuff, I believe we have a Twitter question. Yeah. Yes. First, yes, first Twitter question. So uh, I've been tweeting, like tweeting this interview, and uh, at Joey Hickman. Hey. Uh, Joey. 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 Yeah. He uh, he was. 
I saw that he was already uh, tweeting about confessional, so I reached out to him. Big fan. And so I asked him if he had any questions. So the first and most important question he asks is, pineapples on pizza, yay or nay? I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big nay on that, Joey. I just, if it's not a meat, it doesn't go on a pizza. That's just my thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to be a big yay on that one. <laughs> oh, I Daniel. I love pineapple on pizza. Does, oh, man. Does that, does that mean I have the tipping vote? You're the tipping vote, I, I do like pineapple. Ah! Got to sprinkle some red pepper on Team it. Team Hustle wins again. You, you guys take your pineapple, and I'm going to take my meat lovers with the bacon and the beef and the pepperoni and the chicken all that together you have your little fruit pizza and I'll have the real pizza you, thing. you, you make it sound like we don't want meat on <laughs> like well clearly you don't because you want your pineapple <laughs> but I can have chicken and pineapple on this it's called Hawaiian <laughs> the, the next question uh, Joey Hickman asks though on a more on a more topical note when yes. putting together confessionals did you cast the actors before writing the characters or vice versa? Yeah, so in the first portion of this episode, we kind of alluded to it, but I didn't outright explain. Question's already been answered. No, it wasn't in depth, though, okay? It wasn't in depth. <laughs> so um, I did end up casting the actors before I wrote the characters. In fact, I wanted to make sure that they were on board before I even began writing for them because I wanted to use their voice to influence how I would write for them. Um, Obviously, it, it, it didn't. There were certain characters or certain people that could not participate, so we had to end up auditioning for certain roles. And then there were people who I let influence their voice, but I didn't limit myself to just their voice because I definitely wanted them to feel like they could interpret the character differently from who they were genu genuinely. Is a, as a good example, uh, Spike Spencer, who plays uh, Shermie and Bryce's agent in the show, Vinny Lamar, he's in the second episode, very, very, a lot of that episode actually. He brought that accent to him. I, I had written more of an entourage vibe for that character. And he wanted to go more of an Eastern European type of deal. <laughs> and at first, I was like, uh, I mean, I don't want to say no, because like this is your character, but at the same time, it's not what I... Okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. And then that's what ended up happening. And mm -hmm. people are loving it. And uh, that was hilarious. I got to say, the more that I'm listening to him do it, the more I'm buying in, even though that's not what I originally envisioned. It Again, you let the actors do their thing, and... And it's, it's great. It's funny. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joey, for tweeting at us. Yeah, with thank you so questions. much. Keep, keep up the questions. We have more people coming on you can ask questions for, too. Yes. <laughs> um, but now we're going to switch this over to Daniel's favorite thing. So, Mr. John Christie, before Facebook, after Friendster, there was a little place known as MySpace. <laughs> oh, jeez. And MySpace was a great place to waste time. It was. Wait 20 minutes for a website to load. <laughs> because people had their little playlists and graphics all over the place. But it was also a great place to take question uh, quizzes that meant nothing to your life in the end before personality quizzes were a thing. Mm. So I have I asked you before we started to pick six random numbers between one and one hundred and sixty seven. That's right. You do not know you did not know what these numbers were for. I have no idea. Um, I have a MySpace quiz that I found, an old MySpace quiz that's 167 questions long because that's how long MySpace quiz is. Oh, jeez. And so you picked six random questions from that quiz. Uh, some of these are really interesting. Some of these are not interesting at all. <laughs> but all of them will let you know, get to know Mr. John Christie. Oh, my gosh. I'm so more. excited. Yeah. I have no idea this was coming. Uh, number one, who was your first best friend? 
Oh boy. We really need like a Jeopardy <laughs> yeah. theme. This is one. this is good. This is uh interesting. So I This happened so long ago, I almost don't even know if this was real or if this was like an imaginary friend. It wasn't imaginary. <laughs> but it was so long ago. I'm lizard. talking like this was like before preschool. This was like 2 or 3 years old. Mm-hmm. So his name was Ryan. That's all I remember was Ryan. He was in like my my Sunday school like 2-year-old, 3-year-old class or whatever. I knew him for I don't know. I couldn't measure time that young. Probably a good month or two and then he moved. So I didn't know him very long, but all I knew is he is he taught me how to uh, uh, spin a quarter oh, on a table. Nice. Oh, that's cool. He took a quarter and he showed me, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then he took you for a lot of money. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, I just remember he was like my first friend, and he showed me the quarter thing, and then before I knew it, I didn't see him again. I was like, what Ryan, happened? if you're listening Where's to Ryan? the podcast. Get, reach out to John. I actually use the name Ryan whenever I'm not quite sure what I should name a character, especially if he's like a friend type of character. I end up naming him Ryan. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're getting deep. Yeah. Deep. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number two. Do you twirl or do you cut spaghetti? I twirl. I'm a twirler. Cuts, well, I don't understand the cutting cuts spaghetti. spaghetti. Is that like like cutting it and then like spooning it up? Maybe kids do. Maybe kids do. That's the only logical reason. Yeah, I mean, you, I cut like my kids' spaghetti, but like, do adults actually cut their spaghetti and like spoon it? Kind of. That's I would shame them if, if, I if you're listening. That. Let us know if is you that, twirl that, or cut. cut your spaghetti. Is that on the same level like pineapples on pizza? No, 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 no. It's worse. <laughs> it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> Far worse. All right, number three. Do you have or do you want any pets? I do have pets. It's so funny. I grew up with dogs and I've always been a dog person. My Jeremy, my wife, has been a cat person. My mo- uh, my mother-in-law actually did cat shows. She had cats that performed. She had cats that modeled. Like, it was a big deal wow. in their house for cats. Awesome. Um, and our apartment does not allow dogs, so... Cats were kind of in, in the mix for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went and adopted some cats at a cat bungalow. And uh, I adopted little Aries. Mm-hmm. And he is the best cat ever. I, I've i said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not a cat person, but I'm an Aries person because he is amazing. That is exactly how I feel about my cat, Conan. He, he was Karen's cat. Mm-hmm. And I was a dog person my whole yep. life, always have been. Yep. But this guy worked his way into my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, my, I wanted a cat who was social and who was a snuggler, and this cat is both. You guys are social. He's social. <laughs> if you had the relationship with my cat, you would feel so differently. He is the chillest cat ever. Yeah. Chillest cat. Traitors. <laughs> does your cat have an Instagram? I just have to ask. No. Conan does. No, but there's there was a meme going around with confessionals because uh, we have this whole team going on. Are you Team Babin Flock or Team Malcolm? And uh, J. Michael Tatum, who plays the Malcolm character, has a dog. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy Lee and Reese Babinflock, they're twins, we have two boy black cats. And so it, there, was this, there was a thing going around, uh, uh, pet professionals. Mm-hmm. Are you team Malcolm or team Babinflock? And then had a picture of our two cats and then his dog. Oh, and it was really, really, really funny. That's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Um, number five, are you afraid of the dark? Are we at five already? Yeah. Oh, wow. Am I afraid of the dark? Oh, sorry. No, I skipped one. Sorry. Number four, did you, uh, uh, did you ever kiss someone before you turned 14? No. No. I did not. Scandalous. I did I not have my scandalous. first kiss until college. Wow. When right. I was in a play. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> how was it? How it was, was, the, how was, it the, was really good. It was good. All right. It was good. All right. Number, uh, number five. Are you afraid of the dark? I am. I am afraid of the dark. Uh, pitch dark. Pitch darkness. Now. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, growing up, I had nightlight in my bedroom always. Um, and uh, didn't really feel like it was that big of a deal until we went... Where did we go? Where was this? We went to a convention. Jeremy, I'm sorry, I don't remember which convention this was. She's fuming um, right now. She's fuming right now. But it was a place, it was a restaurant that was in pitch darkness. Oh, one of those places. Oh, one of those places. So, so that you can really fully taste, really taste yeah. the food. I, right. I always wanted to do one of those we, we went with some other uh, voice actors that we went together, and uh, we got in the waiting room. We were looking at the menu, and... In the other room, it was dark. I'm talking like you could see, like feel the black, the darkness. And like, I was freaking out in the lobby. I I wasn't sure if I could do it. And apparently we learned after the fact that that happens at least three times a night at the restaurant. And uh, a lot of the time, the majority of the time, it's men. It's almost always men. And they almost always don't end up going in. Wow. When they freak out that much in the lobby, they almost never go in. Or... They make it to the table and then freak out and leave. Right. Wow. That's usually how it goes. Like, it's going to be shrouded in this dark. I'm clumsy as it is. I don't feel like I trust myself walking. Well, How do they guide you? I guess it would just also be like, where's the food? Yeah. You know? So I, I will say I made it. I made it in there. Yes. And I made it. And apparently people out the people working in the restaurant out in the lobby were rooting for me. And whenever the server went back out into the lobby, they were always asking, how's he doing? How's he doing? We just got. We just gave him the breadsticks. I think he's okay. He's making it through. We, we gave him breadsticks, and he's doing okay. It, yes, yes. I there's hear, like I certain. Small there's certain like uh, uh, bullet points in in the meal, or certain like checkpoints in the meal. Yeah. He made it to the table. He's sitting down. Okay. And then we bring out the the breadsticks. Okay. And then we got the salads, the side salads. Okay. So uh, wow. and drinks and all that. When I so. bring out salad, I heard small whimper, but I think usually it's they okay. usually if you can make it to the breadsticks. You're you're gonna be fine. There's table, there's drinks, there's breadsticks, and you're good. The rule of thumb. It, it is, it is, and I made it. Yeah. And final question, putting you on the hot seat here, Mr. John Christie. Have you ever had more than one girlfriend at the at the same time? at the same time? Yes. Never, 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 never. I am not that type of a gentleman. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> oh, that is the that is the MySpace quiz. Thank you so much. Oh, that was really fun. I want more questions now. That was really fun. Can I get a seventh? <laughs> you want a seventh one? I would love a seventh one. That's Our really fun. First seventh question. Pick one more. Pick a number. Yeah. Pick a uh, I want one hundred and thirty-three. Oh, okay. I was luckily I was close to that one. Have you ever been on a computer for five hours straight? What a random question. <laughs> like, who thinks this up? MySpace. Five hours. That's a lot. You gotta think. Five hours is a lot of hours. I've easily spent a good couple, two or three. Yeah. But five on a computer. Not your phone, a computer. Or any kind of I didn't do any online game. Yeah. I, I was a console gamer. Yeah. So I can't use that. I, 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 I want to say that I've not spent five hours straight on a computer. I will say I've gotten close, two or three hours probably, but five's a lot. I don't think I've done that. The true question is, what is a computer nowadays? Mm, that's mm. the real question. Think Does about phones that, count? Folks. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a question. What yeah. is a computer yeah. nowadays? So thank you so much, thank John. Thank you. So real quick, one more time, where can people find you and confessionals? Yeah, they, confessionals? Can, they can find confessionals on Facebook and Twitter, uh, confessionals on Facebook, and then Twitter, it's all caps con underscore fessionals. And then me, myself, it's John Christie on Facebook. And it's at John Christie six one three on Twitter. 
Absolutely. And uh, YouTube, you're also about to be on another service, correct? The, the uh, Anime Unlocked, yes. Um, we will be posting many, many more links to that on all our social media pages. You can already kind of find it now in the YouTube descriptions of our current episodes. Um, or, and again, we'll be posting more about that later. But Anime Unlocked, get plugged into that. Hopefully, hope for a season two. Yes, Absolutely. yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely so have you come back, maybe some uh, other crew and uh, yeah, on the show. Definitely. Great. Michael, as always, thank you so much for all your hard work. Thank and you for having me. And John, really happy to have met you today. Happy to meet you. Really, uh, really great discussion. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Back to you, Daniel and Michael, in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Michael here for our outro discussion as we talk about Act 2 with John Christie. I thought that was an amazing conversation. I thought John had so much to offer us in terms of his approach to crowdfunding confessionals. I loved his idea of not having all of your cards on the table when you initially launch your campaign. That way you can have that element of surprise when you launch. And this will be a great way also for whether it's friends or families or strangers who they've seen maybe you promoting the campaign, but this added surprise will be the thing to get them to really think, oh, I have to donate today. Uh, I thought Daniel and I also had some really good uh, things to offer in the discussion, one of them mostly being to plan, plan, plan. There cannot be enough planning when it comes to launching a crowdfunding campaign for whatever your project may be. And I think that's necessary. I think people who are potentially going to donate to your campaign want to know that you have put in the time to make sure that this money that you're asking for, that it's going to be properly allocated to the proper departments, that you're not just asking for a basic fund, but you're not going to know what to do with it. And you also need to know how you're going to send out that message, what the messaging of your campaign is going to be like. So that's talking about marketing. Also, just in terms of what the plan will be, once you hit certain goals, you have to have certain set, once you meet your basic goal, what's the next one going to be, and so on and so forth. That way, there's always a plan, and there's never a moment in the campaign when you're in the thick of it that you're surprised yourself. Yeah, I mean, you, you will definitely be surprised by everyone's generosity, but you... As the producer, as the creator, you should know where you're at at all times in the discussion. And I thought John also said it perfectly. No matter what, no matter how much you plan, there is going to be a lull. It could be three days, five days, two days. There's going to be a point in the campaign where things will kind of come to a halt for a little while. But that's okay. That's just everyone's taking their time to process the information that you've been putting out there because you've put together an excellent marketing campaign and so now everyone's thinking about when they're going to be able to contribute and so there's a lot of things that are outside of your control as much as we don't like for them to be but there are things outside of your control and that's fine and you're going to experience those couple days where maybe you only get one or two donations and then you have that fear of oh are we not going to make it no trust in the process know that if you put in enough time to plan you will reach that goal. You just also have to give your potential audience and your potential backers time to also make that decision. I also, uh, you know, shout outs to all of our significant others in uh, this episode. We talked about uh, my girlfriend, Karen, uh, Daniel's wife, Angie, and John's wife, Jeremy. We, 
As you can tell, we all love our significant others, and so I just want to give them all a shout-out for dealing with our creative craziness from time to time. Uh, We know that our schedules can be hectic, and sometimes we don't know what our schedules are going to be, or sometimes they just last for all hours of the day, it can feel like. But no matter what, the fact that you can still have that committed relationship that you can rely on and that you have good communication with, at the end of the day, that will be the thing to really keep the relationship going. So I hope you guys were able to hopefully glean some information off of that conversation as we we were kind of just gushing about our significant others. For more on John Christie, please remember to watch his series, Confessionals, capital C-O-N, and then F-E-S-S-I-O-N-A-L-S, Confessionals. Uh, It is available on YouTube as well as on Anime Unlocked, which is going to be their new platform where they're going to release new episodes. So you want to make sure that you're tapped into Anime Unlocked. We'll be sending out the links for that this week and the following weeks as we promote this episode, and we'll also include it in the show notes as well. Also, please remember to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast, as well as on Twitter at LA Hustlecast. Please remember, if you have any questions or thoughts on what you heard on the podcast today, if you'd like to ask a question to John, please send them in to our email address, hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. We'll send it on over to John, and maybe we can do a way to have him kind of catch up with us on a later episode and answering that question. Now, coming up next week, we'll be sitting down with musician, lead singer, talent manager, music historian, Eric Knight. Now, you may be familiar with him from his band, Disciples of Babylon, but we're so excited to bring you this discussion with him. He's originally from Miami, Florida, and he shares with us the struggles and the strategies he employed to reach the level of success that he's at now. And and we promise you, you're going to be surprised by some of these approaches Eric is also a a personal friend of mine, and I was so thankful that he's going to be on the podcast, so I am so excited to bring you his interview next week. Now, with that being said, everyone have a wonderful week. Please let us know how your creative journey is going, and always remember, keep up the hustle. This episode of Hollywood Hustle Podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, visit our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.